Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Brett Bollinger entering season eight as the Twins writer for MLB.com. Uh, you get the same question I do. Everybody you run into down here, they want to know how they're going to do this season. And you and I were talking about this. We don't know. Because two years ago, I thought they were going to be pretty good that spring. Remember, they played great. Yeah, they played great. What's not to like? They went 59 and 103. Last year, I didn't think they'd win 70, did you? Uh, I thought they might win, yeah, maybe like 72, 74, maybe. Okay. Oh, wait, yay. You know what? If I do this, Rhett will be a lot easier to listen to. Now say hello, Rhett. Oh, yeah, you can hear me now, Pat? There we go. How are we doing? I turned those down, and now I turn them back up. I'm a technician. Anyway, I didn't see that coming. In fact... As a kid who saw their first ever game at Met Stadium, one of the most surprising seasons we've had, I think, last year. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, because I probably thought they were going to win maybe 75 games last year at the you know, best case, maybe be 500, and sure enough, to make the postseason the way they did kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, the offense was a lot better than expected, and the pitching held up. You know, as we know, there's not much starting pitching depth, but uh, he scored enough runs as he can get there. Well, Rhett, and, uh, I mean, can you imagine a year? When you go through 30, what was it, 37 pitchers? 37 pitchers. 37 pitchers. 17 starters. Which is incredible. You couldn't even name them all. Yeah, that was the highlight of the spring for me. Uh, the one day I was down in Molitor's office, and we were trying to name the 17 starters. And I think he was stopped at stumped at Tim Melville, wasn't <laughs> he? Just about, we got to about 10 or 11. Or I can't remember. <laughs> what uh, uh, people, again, because the Twins mentioned the fact that uh, – they might their interest in Darvish seems somewhat disappointed by what's been done this spring. I think it's pretty good. First of all, they went out and got three relievers to get before they came here, and now you got Oda Rizzi, who's a good starter, and you got Morrison. It's been a pretty they for by twin standards they've been pretty aggressive. Yeah, they've been pretty active as you said. You know, to add that many guys, I think the bullpen thing was definitely something they needed to kind of remake because last year, you know, other than Hildenberger and Rogers. Not too many guys you could really trust. Maybe Bilal there, uh, you know, but obviously he's not here anymore. And all three of those guys, you know, are veteran guys that can definitely help this bullpen, especially Reed. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think a lot of fans got excited about maybe Darvish. You know, Thad Levine did say that it was a priority. You know, I don't think the Twins have had that kind of signing really ever to have a guy no. get that kind of money and, and come over to Minnesota. So at the same time, you know, Odorizzi is more of a mid-rotation type starter, but definitely a guy they could use and a guy they definitely needed. Um, and Logan Morrison is, a, you know, going to be a force in the middle of that lineup. Well, my theory on the Twins and uh, Darvish was you were going to have to pay 
twenty million dollars more than anybody else was because there's you know there's six or seven glamour you know this is a good franchise but there's six or seven glamour franchises and the twins aren't one of them and you're a kid like that you know you want to be on either one of the coasts or pitching for the cubs or maybe the astros yeah exactly the cubs astros rangers dodgers it's gonna be a big club no matter what what is your uh, view i know uh, i saw john Heyman had a piece uh with kenley jensen upset about the 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 number of teams that allegedly aren't trying do you you see this as a burgeoning crisis for baseball that uh, four or five teams are cutting in each league or cutting payroll uh, the players definitely aren't happy you know talking to players around the league and just twins players I think people are just you know see that around the game and they're not happy that these teams aren't committed to winning you know it seemed like the team like the Rays right now had a pretty good solid team a team that could you know maybe even contend with the Twins for that second wild card and sure enough they've just traded away all their guys and you know Dickerson and you know just to kind of save money and order Rizzi, not bringing back Morrison. Um, and then on top of it, they want a new stadium, you know. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's kind of disingenuous to try to, you know, take taxpayers' money when not trying to put a competitive team out there. And I think the hard part is I think a lot of teams have seen the Cubs, they've seen the Astros yes. you know, purposely lose and then become great teams and win the World Series. But that's not the only way you can win. It just seems like it's kind of the way that teams are kind of trending now. A lot of group think, a lot of you know GMs now think the same way. They think, oh, well, we might as well just ship our team for parts and then hopefully get enough guys to build it up from there. But I think it's a 50-50 proposition, too. I, I don't think it's, uh, it's not all uh, that there's too many teams that are going to know that it's not their year to win, so they're cutting payroll or they're not signing free agents. I think it's the whole new reality that 32-year-old guys aren't going to get six-year contracts like they were getting these guys are too smart exactly. i mean this is a different uh this is a different breed of cat that the the uh players and the agents are dealing with right now the you know Derek falby's all these guys that uh, come out of the theo epstein mold they're not i mean epstein gave darvish the money but he gave him the money he's thinking okay he can help us win the world series yeah exactly i even heard that falby i think at one point went through every single deal it was beyond five years and broke them all down and sent it around to all the staff members, basically saying, like, I think, like, only a handful of them even worked out. And even the ones yeah. that are currently going on, like, even Zach Granke got that big deal and it's working out. But the D-backs, I think, would love to get out of it if they could. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where I think teams have kind of looked at, you know, beyond three or four years, maybe five years. The back end of those deals, you're just, you know, basically kind of a sunk cost. Well, and, you know, there there have been some, like, Miguel Cabrera, I love him. I think he's one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen in my life. But. What was the need to give him a 10-year contract? Yeah, exactly. Why, why not seven? Yeah, you know, what, Ryan yeah. Howard won a few years ago. I know he's yeah. kind of out of baseball now, but same thing. Why extend him at the time? Why do you need to go that many years beyond what you already have him for? And I get some of his good faith and some of his just you know, face of the franchise stuff, but, but I think the smart but, teams are But guys like Moustakis and these guys are spoiled by the contracts that were given out 10 years ago exactly. and, and the, the analytical analytics word, world is not uh, that way. What... Uh, uh, what what's your view of Sano? Not the situation, whether he gets a five game suspension or whatever it would be. But uh, when you see him moving around, are you worried about him, or you think that he's he's actually? I know he's big, but he he's he doubled today, and he actually ran a second, and yeah, and looked like he was moving. He's actually so. moved okay. I've been surprised. Even at third base, his first day out there, he was making a couple of spin and throws, yeah. and you know, rushing on a, a soft grounder and made a barehanded play. Which is actually pretty good at. That is one thing about him. Even though he's a big guy, once he gets moving, he can kind of run a little bit. And even his footwork and everything, he's you know a pretty agile guy for his size. But at the same time, right now, as we know, he's too big for third yeah. base to play full time. He's never really been healthy throughout a 
full season ever. I think to kind of get down on his weight uh, would be a big plus for him. And, of course, one of the problems now is with Morrison here, there's going to be fewer opportunities to have him DH than there would have been. Or even play know. first base. You know, I thought maybe at yeah. some point they could have you know Maurer on his days off, have move Miguel to first, and then have maybe Escobar play third. But now with Morrison there, it's going to be a little tougher. Red, he's got to get better as a hitter, though, too. He's, he's, yeah, he's, strikeouts are he's, a lot. He's, uh, you know, the, the fastball above the belly button, he, he doesn't hit. And people, I, I saw the Morrison quote was uh, – well, Miguel said it'll get him more fastballs. Well, they should be hoping it gives him more bad breaking balls because right. he hits those 700 feet, but he doesn't hit the good fastball. No, especially not up. I think the way his swing is, too, I think I know so many guys now like to get the ball in the air and the exit yeah. velocity and get the launch angle and all that. And with him, the way you beat that is just going upstairs. If you can get a guy who throws hard or even can locate a fastball up, and you got that swing, they'll swing right through it. And he's just beat so much on that. And they, he can't, they can't convince him to, to take right center when it's there because... You know, you're one of the five strongest guys that's ever played baseball. He can serve it out in oh, right yeah. field if he wanted to. He's He's got to get smarter as a hitter. And, and he could. I mean, you know, he's certainly yeah, a guy can, that can be sure. patient. He's so young. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, Michael Cabrera is always that comp. And he obviously used the whole field and drew more walks and just was a, you know, student strike out even close to as much as Miguel ever has. Um, but that would be the ideal type of guy that could kind of get smarter as a hitter and use all the you know all the fields and yeah because the strikeout right now last year if he didn't get hurt he would have broke the MLB record for strikeouts. Do you think anybody on this team has changed their mind more than Rosario from last spring? I mean, I think you could have had him last spring if you wanted to make a trade for him. Big time, yeah. He's the guy too that really kind of embraced the fact that he was too much of a free swinger, yeah. swung at everything. I think last year started to kind of you know hone in on his pitches, lay off some of the stuff in the dirt. And it made a big transformation. I mean, he's the one guy I've been probably most impressed with uh, making that offensive stride. I mean, obviously, Bucks in, but a guy that really made a lot of strides offensively. I think defensively last year, he took a little bit of a step backward for some reason. I don't really know yeah, right. exactly why. But I think he's young enough and you know athletic enough that if he kind of puts some more focus out there, he can kind of shore that up. But, yeah, if he can even repeat close away last year, I mean, he was a pretty underrated player. Well, he's got, uh, you know, everybody who knows hitting, he's got amazing hands. Oh, yeah, incredible so quick. So quick. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, he's, uh, and it would have been, t- I mean, I, I don't think, uh, you know, Paul went through the minors with him when yeah. he was uh, failing his uh, pot test. Yes. And, <laughs> and he was always in trouble with his minor league managers and stuff. And I, I'm not sure Paul was the biggest Rosario fan last spring, but he he yeah. likes him now. Yeah, he does. And I, li- I like Rosario's attitude, too. He doesn't really yeah. care in a sense. No. Like, even going into the wild card game, I thought, you know what? He's going to hit a home run this game. <laughs> I don't think Rosie cares if he, you know, he no. just wants to play and yeah. doesn't let the moment get too big. And sure enough, he homered. And, you know, the rest of that game went. But, uh, yeah, I was not surprised by that at all. Oh, man. I'd like to, I'd like to have a reality show of that house. So I saw those. Uh, what's he got? Three kids? Yes, three little, like little kids. ones. Yeah, he's got this wonderful wife out there. But we see him out in the hallway outside the clubhouse. That poor girl, man. Oh, that's a lot. Those yeah. three guys. Those three guys. Those three kids are just like dad. Yes, man, running around, running around like, like crazy. Crazy. Yes. Exactly. Uh, it is quite the deal. But uh, this uh, Odorizzi is, I think, some. Twins fans look at uh, last year and think, well, what are they going to do to fix him? I, I don't see him as a pitcher that needs a lot of fixing. I he's a good so. pitcher. He's yeah, he's a good, a good pitcher. pitcher. I think last year he had a back injury more yeah. than anything. I think if yeah. he's healthy, I think he's a good pitcher. I think they could probably work on some of the fastball location stuff and maybe locate it down a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. he's definitely kind of the guy that, you know, I'm sure Sano has a phase where he likes to throw that fastball high, yeah. keep guys to swing through it. And then he's got a great splitter and a great breaking ball, so he can strike guys out. I think, though, if he maybe mixes his pitches a little bit better, but I think more than anything was the health. His back last year really bothered him, and he couldn't get full extension on his pitches and got hit pretty hard. And that, uh, that what, are they, what are they saying they've done to help it just... 
Uh, he uh, got into Pilates was his big okay. thing. And the same thing I think that Trevor May did. I think uh, mm-hmm. we've seen Kyle Gibson do that. So there's been plenty of twins pitchers that had some back problems too. I wonder when May might be back in the big leagues. Yeah, I, of June, maybe? that's probably my guess. I and mean, I think ideally he'd love to be back in, in early June. And more than anything, it's going to be where that spot's going to be for him. You know, are they going to need a rotation spot for him or a bullpen spot? Or a, what, what uh, to do? me, he's always been a starter because he's got that wonderful changeup. He's mm-hmm. got the good He's got, the build, he's got yeah. four pitches. I agree. I think he should be a starter. And he's a big, strong horse. He I agree with that, yeah. Well, boy, is this uh, time going fast, though, isn't it, down here? Because with the Mar- oh, yeah. they're leaving here March 25th. Everything is accelerated. I can't believe the minor leaguers showed up today. They usually show up about March 12th. So Yeah, it's about that weird timing, and I think we'll find out more about the cuts here. I think they'll probably have cuts, if I had to guess, probably Friday. I bet Thursday they'll meet. They have an off day here. I think they're going to probably have some you know, organizational meetings, and I think Friday we'll see that. Position-wise, I mean, the Sano situation could change things, but position-wise... I think the only decision is do you keep a defensive outfielder or uh, Robbie Grossman? Exactly. Totally yeah. agree with that. I think Adrianza is pretty much a lock, and obviously Escobar we know, and Garver, same thing. Um, and I think it's just going to come down to they want, granted, a guy who can play all three and can you know pinch run and be more athletic, or a guy like Grossman who can mm-hmm. get on base and play you know sparingly. I guess they, right could always, hitter. they could play it safe and just put Granite at AAA and let him play every day, yeah. at least early, and then you know Grossman's out of options, and then see how he does. and. Uh, kind of because you know, you know at the end of spring sometimes a lot of times it's whoever's not out of options you know what I mean. All right, Rhett. Well, uh, only 162 to go plus what about 15 exhibition, 20 exhibition yeah. games. So, Maybe a wild card game. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rhett. All right. No problem. Rhett Bollinger covers the Twins for MLB.com. You can follow him uh, right there. And then you can also see quite a few lists on uh, the MLB.com. Yeah, we got a lot of lists. All right, we'll be back. Here on the ride with Royce on Twitter, he's lovable almost. On fifteen hundred ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Santana, that creep can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. Yeah. No. He's a sex offender with a record. He did six months of Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. God, that's great. Uh, Yes, uh, today's sports person of the day, the Joe and Pat sports person of the day, Jesus Quintana. Uh, also uh, known as John Torturo, the John Torturo character in The Big Lebowski. Uh, and uh, that was 20 years ago to today that that uh, movie was released. And of all the Cone Brother movies, uh, I, I put it in a tie with No Country for Old Men. Although... When no country, when I'm when I'm clicking the te- television, the cable late at night, and I run across No Country for Old Men, I don't automatically watch it. With the Big Lebowski, let's face it, you we can't all turn away. We all watch for at least twenty minutes, don't we? Yeah, we we, we got to watch at least twenty minutes of it uh, because there's not a bad scene in it, and uh, uh, my there's. One of my problems is there's so many wonderfully inappropriate moments in it. For instance, like you, you find yourself having these horrible thoughts, like is the guy really a spinal and stuff like that? You know, when he picks up the, 
Why? Why? I got a question for you. Here we go. Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Hollywood. Why can John Goodman not be nominated for best supporting actor for that movie? That is an excellent How, point. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Yes. I mean that that comedy role cannot be played any better than John Goodman played. You know, in a former in a former life Patrick when I was down the hall at the entertainment yes. radio station, uh, the the gal that I co-hosted with, she had some we had somebody on and we were talking about that very thing how when it comes time for Oscar nominations and yes. Oscar awards that comedy is viewed in such a different lens that often it's some of its brilliant work is so is is overlooked just because it's almost looked down upon in in, in terms of different well, lines of different lines did, of movie making. Did Lebowski did it get any nominations for for like anything? I would doubt it. Maybe I I don't know. No, I think go back it, and look. Nineteen eighty eight. It did get nominated for something, Manny, but no, none of the major categories. Sure. If I'm not mistaken, and I think one problem probably becomes okay. It's a Coen Brothers movie, so they give all the credit to the writing. Right? Yes. Yes. But then again, who knows how much of that uh, was uh, just off the cuff, off the top of the head, too. And besides, how do you deliver your lines? Any, yeah, I mean, everything's written. You know why? Why you can't deliver your lines any better than John Goodman delivered them in that movie? I and mean, it was Walter the, is one of the great characters of all time. The the synergy. I mean, none of them. You you look like the bar scene with Sam Elliott. Yes. Hot. How do you script that? <laughs> yes. Well, do you nice have to mar- use so many nice, cuss words? <laughs> nice know? marmot, man. Oh. That's one of my favorite. When they come, and th- he's smoking a joint, and they come and throw a marmot in the tub, and he's trying to save his joint while he's while the marmot's trying to eat him, uh, eat his uh, Johnson, his, you know? his area. Yes, right. Oh, a wiser fellow than myself once said, "Sometimes you eat the bar." <laughs> Much blood. Sometimes the bar will eat you. <laughs> yeah, that's that whole, that's that whole Eastern, Eastern thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh man, and I, I mentioned it earlier today, but uh, how how do you film a scene better than when they're burying Dottie in oh the coffee can and, <laughs> and the oh, fold the rusty Folgers <laughs> clearly displayed too. <laughs> Smokey, yeah. you're in for a whole lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Over so the line. Is, and then finally, it's it's a league game, Smokey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to give you game. this one, too, because I kind of cut you short with the last yeah. one. How you doing there, dude? Not too good, man. One of those days. Huh? Yeah. A wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar will eat you. That's some kind of Eastern thing. <laughs> Far from it. I like your style, dude. I dig your style too, man. That whole cowboy thing going. You're just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f- are you talking about? Okay, dude. Have a job. You know, of course, that uh, Jackie Treehorn's house. It was it belongs oh. to my friend Jimmy Goldstein. That's right, Jimmy Goldstein, who you see 
at Lakers games and Clippers games yep. with the with the leather hat and the leather jacket and the little old guy. He's got he's got to be in his eighties now. But uh, I did a column on him when the the uh, Timberwolves were playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and and uh, whenever I run into him now, I get a big uh, "How you doing?" from Jimmy, and Jimmy claims to go to Milan, Vienna, and uh, Paris every year to buy those clothes that he buys, even though they all look the same to me. But uh, he goes there. But of course, that's also the. Uh, uh, my dear friend Kent Young. I was I praying it. you I, were going to tell this I story. I got to tell this story. It's one again. of my favorites. When uh, we're out covering the uh, Lakers, I think we're out there for Game Six, right? When they got beat, finally, uh, when they get, when they got beat in Game Six, and the the Lakers are having a uh, the the Timberwolves are pre- we were staying out in yeah. near Malibu, mm-hmm. and the uh, the Timberwolves are having a shoot around. <laughs> downtown mm-hmm. at like noon and we leave a note for kent because kent's flying he's always likes to fly in late to, to newtown i don't know why but we leave a note saying hey uh yeah i he knew that jimmy goldstein's house was the jackie treehorn house you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. so we left him a note saying uh, ashburn and i left him a note saying that uh we were going to be, uh, we're going to Jimmy Goldstein's for brunch. Sure. So could he go down and uh, and cover the shoot around that day? So <laughs> he got the red ass. <laughs> and, he didn't, and like we sat that whole Sunday and he didn't talk to me. And he was like, you know, barking. And then we're driving, we're finally going to the airport for the red eye. And I said, hey, Dipwad. We didn't go to Jimmy Goldstein. <laughs> we didn't go to Jimmy Goldstein's for brunch. And he said, "You he almost Bye. came over the he almost came over the seat to beat me up and in the back." But it was funny. But I would have loved to go to Jimmy's oh, house man. to see Jackie Treehorn's house sitting up there on the valley and everything. But uh, yeah, that was uh, what a goofball that guy is. By the way, Jimmy Goldstein. It was. Uh, well, I gotta go. Wasn't I gotta there? Go find that guy. There was. Uh, why would we we talked about him maybe within the last year yeah, or so was, what what uh, was that do you remember something. he was in bob didn't we see him on a game or something i can't remember what he was doing again but uh, or maybe it was just a reason for the lebowski we were talking yeah, about right. probably lebowski could have been anyway jesus quintana we're gonna have a hard time sending him a certificate, but I guess we can send it to John Torturo. Huh? I was gonna say, you know, maybe lost in all of the the accolades that are yeah. coming about. You okay, so- you Jesus, you didn't win an Academy Award, but you won Sports Person of the Day. So how's that? That's that, fantastic. Be good. All hey, right. uh, Patrick, I, we have a computer malfunction, so I'm gonna have you and Manny talk to each other for about sixty seconds here while I try to re- uh, restart this on this side. Okay. Okay. All right, Manny, take it away. Manny. What's, yes, sir. Uh, how come the Timberwolves haven't added a player yet? I I don't know. I guess uh, maybe because maybe maybe the players that no are, could be added realize that they're not probably not going to play. Not going to play anyway. Huh? <laughs> so they're probably going to go about eight deep. So I don't know. I would think that he would. Well, you know, he's, what what do we think? He might get Butler back in a month. I don't. I don't know at if best. we're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna. At, that might be at best. I'm not sure we're gonna see Jimmy for the rest of the regular season. Well, if they season, don't get him we? back, they won't make the playoffs. Do you think? Well, okay. if they, yeah, I mean, they, they're, it's going to be tough because they're going through a murderer's row of, yeah. uh, of a schedule. They got to the beat the Celtics Thursday. They got to show. They us can their beat new the Celtics pizzazz. at home. They can beat the, they Without can beat, Jimmy, 
they can beat the Celtics at all. The Celtics are really, really good, but wow. occasionally you can catch them on a bad night, I think, mm-hmm. just because they have a lot of young players and Kyrie can kind of get out of control a little bit. Uh, but they're, they're going to have them at home. That's If if you're going to find some wins here, you, you have them at home. You got to win at home. You, you, you got you to win at home. Now, Golden State on no Sunday ain't going to be fun. You got, you got no, no chance to beat Houston. You're probably not going to beat Golden State at home on Sunday either. So. No. You, but you can beat you. I think you can beat Boston. You can catch Boston on a bad night on uh, on Thursday and win at home. So. All right, we shall return with a John Height sports update. Dot com. He runs circles around other sports guys. You're on the ride with Royce, fifteen hundred ESPN. So the rook today was, uh, even though Metafest has done wonders for him, he was trying to downsize a little on the shirt he was wearing. Yeah, he was uh, sporting a medium today. <laughs> <laughs> with his uh, Gorton's Fisherman waiter he boots that he had a, on. He, he's got a minimal number of attractive shirts. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Does not have good. Good shirts. way to put it. You know what Sid would call him? Mr. Shirts. Hey, Mr. Shirts. Because he had, we had a guy at the paper that he called Mr. Shirts because he had like Jay Ewald who always wore some 20 year old shirts. So he called him Mr. Shirts. That's what we're going to have to call Rook, Mr. Shirts. Uh, well, you know, the uh, Jason Lewis line when he was working here, he'd walk into Rook and he'd say, Hey, where do you buy those shirts with the extra stomach? <laughs> Could have said that to several of us, including yours truly. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. Cloudy and 32 degrees. This update sponsored by Shell. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving five cents a gallon today. Twins winners over the Orioles, 9-8 to eight today. They will play Boston tomorrow. Uh, the folks at StatCast has ranked major league teams in speed. Did you see this? No, no. Number yeah, one. This was, number Rhett's, one? this was Rhett's piece, was it Number not? one? Your Minnesota Twins. Nice. Yeah. Fastest team in baseball? Yep. How do they rank wow. them? Well, well, it helps to have the fastest guy in the history of the game. And that's you with are, Miguel. correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, they are ranked uh, based on players' sprint speeds from last season. They used a point system to give a total wow. score to each club. Uh, the Twins, if you're wondering about the fastest guys on the Twins, of course, uh, Byron Buxton. Uh, he's He runs at 30.2 feet per second. Mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco runs at 28.4 feet per second. Brian Dozier, 28.1 feet wow. per second. The slowest mm-hmm. twins? <laughs> Jason Castro. Yes. 25.9 feet per second. Joe Maurer, 26.7 feet per second. Mm-hmm. And Miguel Sano, 26.9 feet per second. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the thing about Buxton, 30 feet per second, is that's one stride. That's correct. <laughs> the Nats, you're, not, you're not buying this? A stride is three feet, a yard. Not, that's the not basic. Not this guy. So three feet. So he's doing. No, I'm not buying any of this. Not <laughs> doing, one of those stats. I I, I don't believe he's doing them. ten yards. A, he's doing ten yards a second. No, he's ten, not. Ten minute hundred. No, <laughs> well, well, Kenny disputes. You it. do know the hundred yard dash, Kenny. People run it in ten seconds, right? Yes, right. Even not under ten. Isn't it nine something? Yes. yes. What yeah. the hell is wrong with people? Usain Bolt. <laughs> well, Usain Bolt did the hundred meter in what, like nine point seven. One second yeah, or something. That's 110 like that. yards. Yeah. 110 so, yards. Yeah. Kenny, I have a guy that can help explain it to you here. Did I urinate on your rug? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you personally come and pee on my rug? Hello. 
you speak English, son? Parma usted inglés? I'll ask you again. Did I urinate on your rug? No, like I said, woo. I just want to understand this, sir. Every time a rug is micturated upon in this fair city, I have to compensate the person. Come on, man. I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh, you know, I'm just... Uh... You're just looking for a handout like every other... What what does that have to do with absolutely nothing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just okay. want to play Big Lebowski? I do. It's just all Johnny, give I, us. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I read today the uh, Jeffrey Lebowski, the older fella. Uh, yeah. They, you know who they wanted to play him originally? Marlon Brando. Oh, really? That wouldn't have yeah, worked. They, would it? Well, they couldn't. Have, they couldn't get him. They said so. No, but the guy who played him just died, right? Yeah, yeah. Huddleston. David, yeah. I think. He was, God, he was great. He was <laughs> something. Howell. What was his name? David Huddleston. David Huddleston. Okay. Uh, one other baseball note. Uh, John Jay, a free agent, has signed. We have a free agent signing. Signed with the Royals. Gets $3 million guaranteed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Minnesota. Slap hitter, but he can run run the ball down yeah. out there to replace Lorenzo Cain. He had a decent season with the Cubs last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild in action tonight. They're playing the Carolina Hurricanes at the Excel Energy Center. And I know we all hate this. The NFL has announced the retirement of Ed Hockley. Yes. We're going to uh, hit hit him hard on late hits here, Johnny. Really? Yes, we're very upset about it. You yes. see he was taking his place, right? His kid. Yeah, Sean. Sean Hockley. What a deal we're that all, is. We're also losing Jeff Triplett. So, but mm, that's Jeff, good. Yeah, Jeff wasn't that's really Jeff. I was thinking of Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's oh. who I was thinking of, who played Brad. Mr. LeBeau. Yeah, Brad. exactly. Yeah. Right. He played he can't Brad. Watch. <laughs> He can watch. He can't. Brad can't watch. I have to watch. I that gotta go again. find oh, a cash man. machine. I'll be right back. <laughs> when he's when he's on the screen, you can't take your eyes off him. He steals oh. every scene. Oh, he's so great. good. He's yeah. such a good actor. Fantastic actor. It's too bad. All right. Yep. All right. We'll be back. Thanks, John. You're along for the ride with Royce. Yeah, Mr. Charm. Yeah, no, well, I wouldn't go that. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. On the prior play, my flag was being returned to me. It was tossed back to me at the ground. When that happened, the clock operator thought there was a penalty and stopped the clock. The clock should have continued to run. There should be 12 seconds taken off the clock. So it should be 124. Take the play clock down 12 seconds as well. Yeah, that was Ed's greatest moment. Ed Hockley trying to uh, give a, like a twenty minute explanation to the crowd. What what game was that? Does that anyone... was from. Uh, Please that... say it was a Super Bowl. No, was it was. It, oh, it was a pretty big game. Was it was, it was, was it uh, Patriots some game Jets? Yeah. Patriots, oh, Patriots Jets from two thousand ten. It was like week two or something. Well, so. Ed Hockley has retired. 67 years old. That's pretty good shape for a 67-year-old. I uh, didn't realize this. He's a Christmas baby, December 25th, and played football for four years at UTEP. But the fact that he is a uh, such a verbose fellow as a referee shouldn't come as a big surprise. He's a trial lawyer in uh, the Phoenix area, a partner in a, in a uh, uh, law office there, and a uh, very busy attorney, apparently. Jones, Shelton, and Hockley is the name of the firm. He, he became the longest-tenured 
referee in the NFL a decade ago. And he lasted mm. another 10 years, 26 years as a referee. And now he's being replaced by his son, Sean Hockley, who's only been in the league for four years. Also, Jeff Triplett uh, retired today, and he's being replaced by a guy named Alex Camp. I don't know what Alex does, but uh, NFL. Uh, goodbye, Ed. You're going to be missed. As the sports pickle said, Gun control has started today. <laughs> so is he going to keep? Is he going to keep practicing law? There's, or is he retiring from that? Is, too, he's going to be on TV, isn't he? Going to be? Oh, he'll per- be one of those in booth guys. Be Pereira's, he'll yeah. be Pereira, won't he? Except they'll have to come back and take a. You know, it'll be like Doogie. I mean, it'll just. You know, <laughs> All right, Ed, we're going to cut you off. We got to take a break, and then you can finish your explanation when <laughs> we come the, back. Ed, the game's over. So, yeah. uh, uh, although right. there was a great line it said uh, i forget who put it out there but basically it said ed hockley has retired but don't worry he isn't going anywhere he's gonna for the next three years he's gonna explain why he's retiring from the NFL. <laughs> i thought that was pretty good pretty good official i think i think so, so. I yeah think he was i don't think he was bad uh we didn't have a this day in history uh but in 1964 on this day in history cassius clay became let the world know that his new name was Muhammad Ali. And let's just put it this way. Some old sports writers of my, uh, that I knew about, that I worked with back then, older fellas when I was a kid, had a real hard time making the adjustment uh, to, uh, they, uh, uh, they, they, they referred to him as Cassius Clay for about the next decade. But the I will say the sad part about him changing his name is, Cassius Marcellus Clay was one of the great names in sports history, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Now, Muhammad Ali is pretty good, but Cassius Marcellus well, Clay was didn't, a great didn't Cosell, name. Didn't Cosell like, call him Cassius for like three or four years after that, too, he or might something have, like that? He, he might. I know uh, my my uh, dear friend Don Riley referred to him as Cassius Clay or, or the Louisville Lip for about the next ten years. So. Uh, a couple of stories you might want to read. Uh, Kevin Love has written a piece for the Players' Tribune yes. on uh, a panic attack that he said he had during a game this year and kind of talking about the vulnerability of uh, of a mental mental health issue. I'm not uh, – it sounds like uh, it – he started. He's now started undergoing therapy to kind of uh, avoid having this happen to him again. But an even better piece, Lee Jenkins in Sports Illustrated, track it down, has a piece on Dwayne Casey that is off the charts. It is fantastic. Really? It is fantastic. What a what an interesting guy. Every morning or every afternoon before he goes to the arena, he goes downstairs takes out the ironing board, puts the ironing board there, and irons everything he's going to be, you know, not the suit coat, but the his, his uh, suit pants, his shirt, his tie. He grew up, his granddad owned dry cleaners, and he always drew up, grew up as a guy who wanted to be as neat as possible, and he still irons his own stuff. Before he goes to the arena, so, is that uh, one of the biggest? Uh, what's what would be the word? Not letdowns, but you know, miscasts of Minnesota sports history. I mean, he's a good basketball coach. Yes, he is. They, uh, that was. A, they thought they were a lot better than they were when they fired him. That's for sure. He was, was he, twenty. And, he was twenty and twenty when he got fired. That's right. Was he pretty? Good? Up, he was pretty good to deal with too. I imagine. Oh, he right, was when great. He was, yeah. He's one of the nicest guys yeah, ever. Always met. seemed he's, like it. He's great. Great guy. 
One last uh, item, Brock Besser, the uh, great rookie for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, the Burnsville kid, could have been maybe, I know earlier this season he was considered a rookie of the year candidate, basically broke his back last night when he uh, went into the boards in a Vancouver game, and they said he'll be out for uh, six, seven months, and they hope that he comes back, but uh, uh, that's uh, not, uh, not good news at all for that kid who's having a fantastic career and is uh is just a terrific player played up at north dakota for what just one year mm-hmm. right you know, one year and, and then, then he uh, scored a goal remember when he got called up he, he scored a goal in his first game at the x when yes. they called him up yeah well and he's at a he, he is a natural goal scorer but mm-hmm. uh he's got uh something got the uh I don't know if you call it an upper body or a lower body when it's right in the middle of the back, but he uh, broke a bone in his back. I I remember, too, at the beginning of the year, he had a really nasty foot injury. Remember when he was the guy that was trying to crawl off the ice because he he could not skate? His foot was hurt that bad. I just remember that at the beginning of the year. Well, anyway, uh, good luck to uh, that young man because he's a hell of a hockey player. And uh, one last note I saw. The Pistons, since they made the big Blake Griffin trade, are 6-9. and nine, mm. And all six wins have come when they were playing a team on the second night of a back-to-back. How does wow. that work? And they play somebody on a night of a back-to-back now. How do you have a, that, that in a 15-game stretch you can pay te- play six times against teams Coming off back-to-backs. Now, they might add some back-to-backs. And aren't the Clippers not that far out of a... Aren't they the nine seed right now in the yeah, West? No, they, right, they, the Clippers put, are right there in the mix. They for play better spot. without them. Wow. I'm not worried about the Clippers. I'm worried about everybody else, but I'm not worried about the Clippers. <laughs> All right. We uh, shall return with Daily Complaints. Taking the ride with Roycey. Woo! This car just goes fast! On 1500 ESPN. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny Hill, do you have a daily complaint? My daily complaint, and this is very lighthearted, I'm not, I'm not being super serious here, is with the fellow... Hubbard Broadcasting employees who double parked in the parking lot this <laughs> afternoon. You took away parking spots. Look, I understand we got a big dumping of snow the last couple days. I understand it's hard to see the lines when you're parking into the parking lot, but make an effort. That's all I'm asking. Make an effort. Just give just, it a shot. Just just yeah. measure. Like you, you How are we doing for windshield wipers being extended? We not as bad as yesterday, because I think there was a lot yesterday. more anticipation of the event uh, that was coming to town, but I do also love... How like driving home last night? Lanes are just a concept. Yeah, on the oh, yeah. on the highways, that's yeah, always they're fun. optional. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Reavers? Uh, just an excuse to play this. Man, could you change the channel? I feel like my music. Get your own gas. I had a really. Now rough... I flew up to kick your ass out. <laughs> man, come on! I had a rough night, and I hate the f-ing Eagles, This aggression will not stand, man. This aggression will not stand, not man. Not stand, yeah. 
Uh, well, I got a little more somber uh, oh. daily complaint on this date. Uh, I have the same daily complaint on March 6th I've had for 12 oh, years. Yes. Uh, on this date in uh, 2006, the great Kirby Puckett uh, passed away. He actually uh, was uh, had his uh, massive stroke on uh, the day before and was uh, declared uh, uh, to have died on March 6th. When was the last uh, time you talked 2006? to Puck? 2006. Uh, I did not. I saw him at Bob Casey's funeral, I think, was the last okay. time I, I talked to him. And I have to look up and see when Casey's funeral was. Pat, I, I still contend that that tribute they had at the Dome for him, it would have been packed if it hadn't been for that major ice storm they had the day of. I was there. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, yeah, it did not uh, did not uh, go as well as people had hoped. But uh, uh, you know, whatever whatever came about, good dude, man, best guy ever, one of the best guys I ever covered, funniest guy of all time, and the greatest teammate I ever saw. He would walk into a clubhouse, and guys with eighty eight on their back felt. Uh, the right to give him a hard time. And that was the kind of guy he was. He, he let you needle him as much as he needled you. All righty. We'll uh, do this again tomorrow.